Caveman here with another Caveman's Corner. Today I have with me Tony Viscomi. How you doing, Tony? I'm good, man. How are you? Good. It's good to finally get you in here. We talked about doing this for a little bit. I'm uh, glad I finally got you. Yeah, it's been it's been a long time coming, so here we are. Yeah, Let's I've go. had a lot of the, the big-time fighters that have come out of this gym and out of the air itself. We had Pat Mix. We had Solomon Renfro. I can't not have you on, man. You're going to be the next <laughs> big thing coming out of this gym for sure. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you. You have the best Muay Thai that I've seen in the area in a long time. People compare you to Nick Dodge, you're way better than Nick Dodge. No offense, Nick. I love Nick, but that's that's high praise. I appreciate that. I fought Nick, and I spar with you. I know. like <laughs> You're definitely better. Maybe you're just older my... now. Yeah, maybe uh. I'm just older now. He's older too, though. Nah, fair enough. What um, got you started in Muay Thai, man? So, actually, it's funny. I, um, so I did sport karate for, like I don't know, 10 years <laughs> or so. When I was younger, and I, I stopped probably when I was like 16, 17. I was in high school, you know, stuff's going on, I got, got life going on. Um, and then I actually was playing lacrosse, played lacrosse like all throughout, like through school. And then my senior year, I actually uh, blew my knee out playing lacrosse. So I had Were to get. Were you good? I was good, man. I started. Dude, here's the rough part I got my knee blown out. The second face off, the first game of senior year. I was the captain, I was a starter, and bam! Three minutes in, whole season's over. Knees blown out. But so I was I was alright, Caveman. Leave me alone. <laughs> I, I just figured you'd be like phenomenal. At no, it. I, I picked it up a little later. No, but I loved it. I loved it. But I'll I'll get to that in a second. So um I had to get like my ACL meniscus um and MCL like all redone, reconstructed as much as they could. Um so I was obviously I wasn't wasn't playing lacrosse anymore. Um I wasn't I had a couple um, small opportunities to play in college, which I was considering because I, I love the sport. Um, I had a uh, red shirt offer to, to swim at NU, which would have been torture. I didn't like swimming. <laughs> I did it, but I didn't like it. But um, You're so pretty I'd, muscular for swimming. You yeah, I wasn't sink. this big. I was probably like 160, oh, probably right. like over 170. You don't now. look very buoyant right now. Yeah. <laughs> now right now. a lot of rock. Yeah, I was, I was, I was a diver. That's, I was more of a diver than I was a swimmer. Like all the lips and twists and trying to look pretty. It's wasn't that great but anyways um but anyways so i was living with um with a friend at the, at the time and his dad did jujitsu his dad's the one who got me um brought me into it because you now i was getting kind of like ants he sitting on the couch i couldn't really do anything and he'd been trying to get me into it for for like weeks you know me and his son trying to get us to go in and check it out because he was obsessed with it um, and this was at Fight Sport Training Center in Niagara Falls with uh, Chris and Craig Reed and uh, Frankie Knuckles, Frankie Scalzo. Yeah, Scalzo. Yeah, so shout out to Fight Sport. But um, eventually I was like, you know what, what do I have to lose? And he was telling me, I was like, you know, I just had the, the big Terminator cast came off. I had the surgery done, but I was still in rehab. I was super weak. You know, my right leg, the one that I had it done, was like significantly smaller than my left leg for being on crutches and not using it for like four or five months. But he was telling me, he was like, you know, you don't need a kick or pivot. You can start on your butt. You can start on your back. You can just use your upper body for a lot of it, your hips, you know. So it's like, you know what? I, it's better than nothing. So I actually started doing jiu-jitsu with, uh, with Frankie Scalzo over at Fight Sport like twice a week in Niagara Falls. And then from there, as I started to get stronger and better, um, my knees started to get stronger. And I started to get like more obsessed with jiu-jitsu. Then I wanted to, to start doing some more stand-up striking. So I started doing that. And then I just kind of fell in love, I guess, again with with hitting stuff you can't find a better guy to train with than frankie, than frankie. Skelton, oh man. my goodness like, man guys he was relentless rounds and i'm sure he was relentless he was one of those tough love coaches and i that was exactly what i needed 
Do you think I, that's kind of what set your style? I mean, you have kind of that skeletal style. I mean, you're a lot, you use a lot more motion. You don't stand there like he does, and you're more athletic. He's kind of just sits there and bangs. But he has that relentless style that you have. You, you don't stop going far. I mean, you have a different athletic style, but, like, that mentality is what I mean. It's it's possible. I never thought about that because my style has evolved over the years. Um, when I first started, like, my kicks were probably always my strong point. Um, my right kick was always fine, even though that was the knee that got hurt. It was my left kick that gave me a problem for a while because I had to post up and pivot on my right knee, on my right leg. And so that was gave me a problem. But my kicks were always fine. And I think part of that had to do with doing karate for so long. I had some of it an idea. Then I came here um, and coach uh, Corey Combs was like, oh, you know, I see potential in you, but we're going to fix all that, all that karate <laughs> flicky stuff. <laughs> and so um, over the months, I just got totally obsessed with Muay Thai, you know, like I had been with jiu-jitsu, but now my knee was healthier and I was feeling better. At this point, I've probably been training for about mm, almost a, going on a year, probably like eight months. And I had two fights, uh, two like smoker fights, like one MMA and one uh, kickboxing fight at, at that gym at Fight Sport. The MMA fight, I won by submission of all things. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you got your ear? Uh, no, I got my ear bit? here. Oh. Like probably a year later when I was here, yeah. From jiu-jitsu or from Muay Thai? Oh, no, from, from jiu-jitsu because oh, when I awesome. first came here, I, I was so obsessed with it and I wanted to do them both. Um, and, yeah, I uh, I got this ear all banged up. I was out for a while, got all infected and swollen up. Oh, that's a whole other story. It's a handsome ear. But, yeah. For uh, <laughs> everyone that's listening, it's a handsome ear. I'll put some <laughs> pictures in here so you can see it. Um, but, yeah, over the over the – the years i've been training my styles evolved because my kicks like i was saying were always my strong point and my hands for a long time were were not up to par so i would kick up like try and play a uh, keep away i saw that karate mentality a little bit where i like hit and move and hit and move i wasn't really throwing hard like power shots all the time i was more concerned about hitting and moving or manipulating my opponent's rhythm and stuff um and then what's what happened was for the first time i went out and trained out um in san diego when i was visiting family out there and um, I was training an Art of Eight under uh, Mike Lemaire and uh, Melkor Manor. So, you know, Coach Mel had been um, in uh, fighting in Japan and K1, Famasato, and all, this, all, you know, all these huge names. Mike Lemaire, WBC champion, um, French national champion, like so, some very good names. So I'm out there, and some of their guys just tore my legs up with low kicks because I had like this wide style i had like this really wide stance and i wasn't really defense conscious because i was always hitting and moving hitting and moving well they got their timing down and there were days like i remember the one day we sparred on a saturday and for almost a full week i could not walk down the stairs the right way <laughs> like i had to go like one step at a time because my leg like i don't i don't bruise so you can't you couldn't really see but i could feel it like i it hurt to sleep it hurt to sit it hurt to walk and so that really helped made me kind of redial in and then for a while, for a long while, probably over a year, my style all became about defense. You know, um, staying tighter, staying looser, um, tighter stance, lighter on my feet, um, but not bouncy so much. Kind of defend, slip, roll, take the shots, check the shots. Um, so then it, it evolved that way. However, <laughs> then I'm all defense. You know, they say defense wins championships, but in fights, if you're not throwing, even if I'm not getting hurt and I lost a fight like this, I'm out in Rochester in 2017 to uh, Michael Carson, you know, who's just went He's, pro. Man, he looked great in his he last fight. He looked phenomenal in his last fight. I'd like fight. to see you guys fight now. Yeah. I've, I'm he sure, looks a lot I'm better, sure, but you're a lot better too, I'm man. sure like, we'll, we'll meet again, so I'm, I'm not even going to worry like about to that right now. I like to see that right front now. elbows. 
that'd be fun. I don't know yeah. if, if he's about that, but anyways, <laughs> but anyways, he's so he had that very similar style. Maybe his boxing wasn't as tight as it is now and stuff, but it, he was nonstop as high volume strikes. He had, he has great range control. You know? I actually just watched that fight too. Perhaps you should call that fight. Yeah. Uh, uh, for FCP yeah. when he fought and man, you did not look like you look now. No, oh, you could definitely see your defensive style. Yeah. At the time, I was like, man, maybe he shut you down. I didn't realize that's kind of how you fought at that time. Yeah. So, I mean, if you watch that fight, I, I throw a whole bunch of low kicks, mm -hmm. but um, I just kind of stand there. And no, granted, my strength and conditioning had been, we've been going through different like variations. So I was super strong. I was, I could have went all night, but I was yeah, kind of heavy. You didn't look fatigued at all. I know I wasn't. If it was five rounds, I think, it, you know, might have helped a little bit. You know, I knew I was doing some damage with those low kicks. I was, actually, I knew I was doing significant damage with those low kicks in the later round. But um, still, what was happening was I wasn't hurt at all. He was throwing stuff. They're going off my, my arms. I was slipping. However, because I wasn't th really throwing back and because I was letting him control the ring and control the pace, I lost that fight. You know, so I wasn't hurt at all. I would say, if anything, I probably hurt him and his his lead leg more than he hurt me at all he barely touched me he had a couple of good shots maybe two or three but um after that fight i really had to like take a step back and i took time away from fighting time away from the gym to really recalibrate myself um and so i focused i really dialed in and focused with with coach Corey and how did you um, took more boxing classes to wny from uh, frankie's place yeah so uh frankie <laughs> frankie was just the uh the jiu-jitsu coach there and he um was just like, you know, if you're serious, you should come check out WNY MMA where I train. Because he's had one or two more fights before, you know, he went off to do his grown-up thing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think, like, he, like, right after I came here, he had one more fight. Like, right, right after I came here, like, weeks after I came here, he had, like, probably maybe his last, his last fight, his last amateur fight. But um, it was his, his suggestion. And I came here, and, you know, I live in Lewiston, so it was... A long drive, you know, thirty-five minute drive every day, and I was like, fresh out of high school, but it was worth it. You know, it was worth what I was paying, worth the drive, worth uh, the time I was putting in. Because I would come here and I'd be here all night. I would do like Muay Thai. At the time, I wasn't a coach, so I didn't have so many responsibilities. <laughs> so I just train, train, train. I do, I do Muay Thai. I do conditioning. I do no gi jiu jitsu. I do the rolls, and then I go home. So I, I'd be here like five o'clock, be leaving like after nine every day, or about for like. A year how did you get connected with coach Corey? then he just watched you train and be like I, I gotta take you he i way. took his classes he's coaching muay thai i was taking all i was taking all the kickboxing classes you know i was staying away from boxing because i knew i was bad at it which is not what you're supposed to do <laughs> and i learned that you know after that fight with carson like in 17 i had to really focus on my hands but um I was really all about jiu-jitsu, no-gi jiu-jitsu, because that's what I had done in fights, but I never used the gi. So I was all about the no-gi jiu-jitsu and the kickboxing and Muay Thai. And once, I think it was once I started clinching and throwing elbows and knees with Coach Corey, I was just like totally like enveloped in that. I, lo I love kickboxing with Coach Corey Webster too. And having two very different styles, I could kind of pick and choose and play with what worked for me. But it was something about the Muay Thai, just like the, the beauty of brutality. So do you like that lead kick that Corey throws? Or do you like a full switch kick? Um, kind of play both. I I use both. I use both. It it kind of depends in the in the moment what's going on. Like you're saying with with Webster, you can see with like a Joe Taylor, see with like uh, Vanessa in her fights. Um, the people who we say uh come through like the Webster lineage, <laughs> they they have that more like step in kick or that lead kick, almost like that, a snap kick, but enough hip on it to to make you respect it. 
you know whereas yeah of course Corey combs has like that full switch turn your hips over and break their ribs or anything you can get it always looks so sissy when Corey throws it but it hurts so bad oh his t well his time it doesn't like need perfect. the yeah it doesn't need to to be so much power because his placement and his and his timing is i can't tell you how many times i think i'm i'm doing good and i walk in on Corey and i walk into a left kick under my right elbow right in the liver and i just have to <gasps> take yeah, a breath <laughs> no he just got me with that last week i know the feeling yeah so it's like <laughs> spitting out my uh, <laughs> mouthpiece like, oh that was an accident <laughs> yeah, that was perfectly placed that was a great knee i went home i talked about it. I'm like he's so good <laughs> <laughs> my wife thought i was a retard <laughs> so now you're training with Corey. what when did you guys start to become like family you guys are yeah close. um you know what i don't I don't know, man. Over just over time, I just really was um like I said, I was totally for at least at least a year. When I say addicted, I mean like that's all I could think about was was Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu. And then I as I started to do just more kickboxing fights, I kinda leaned away from the Muay Thai. Or, I'm sorry. I started leaning away from the jiu jitsu and wrestling a little bit. Still here and there, but not as much. Um, and then I think once I kind of got my shoulder tweaked on the, on big blue over there wrestling one day, um, with the new guy, just, you know, sometimes the new guys just yank right. and pull Spazzy. and Nerd yeah, and it was too. right before a fight. It was like two weeks before a fight or a week before a fight. And I was just doing it for like extra conditioning. I've been doing it with, with uh, coach Pat mix for a couple of times. I, you know, I come in late from, from Muay Thai, but I'm like, you know, can I jump in for conditioning or the live roles? And he'd be like, he was always like, of course, sure. You know, you know, I could handle myself. But right before a fight, I got my shoulders yanked out of place. Um, and after that, I was like, I, I I went through the fight up in Toronto, won the fight, great promotion, Dustin Promotions. Shout out to Steve Lee and Redemption Muay Thai up there. But um, uh, after that, I was like, you know, I don't want to be messing around. If right now I'm just focused on, on kickboxing and Muay Thai, and eventually I still plan on doing I may probably next year, getting closer and closer to it. But... At the time, I was like, if I'm just doing stand-up fighting, I don't want to risk it. And so I really was just putting as much time as I could get with Corey. And then we started to train extra on Mondays and Thursdays for strength and conditioning. And then we started, to, you know, we started from there, I think. I think we just, over time, just grew. grew. And then I was started teaching some classes when he, when he couldn't. Um, but it was just, for a long time, our fight team was just me and Sean Doyle. You know, man, you guys turned Sean Doyle from that little nerdy kid into a killer. Yeah, he's, he's looking <laughs> yeah. really good, man. He's still a little nerdy kid. Yeah, he's still but a little, little nerdy kid, but a little, little nerdy killer. Nerdy killer. <laughs> it's like a jujitsu wizard killer, except he's yeah. a Muay Thai killer. Yep, yep, yep. And that's that's with that's with Corey, man. Because before, like, we had we had talent, but we had no direction. We had like ambition, but we had like no one like pushing us to really like, really get after it ourselves or like help us break those barriers, like. With Corey Combs, we've we've broken barriers that I didn't even know I had. Like, like I would just assume that that was my limit. You know, I didn't even know that, that that I could go past them. You know, and the the mental side of like the physical training of like the strength and the conditioning, and being rocked in fights and being able to continue, or being rocked in fights and not being scared. That's something I noticed in my first title fight um, this past September. I took a couple shots, and whereas before I would get nervous and be like oh no he's winning the fight like it would i would it would just shut me down before it's kind of what happened in the carson fight he just put on a flurry and i know it wasn't hurt but i would just there's nothing i can do about it and i just kind of shut down but with all this this 
physical and mental training that 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 was going on with the being putting ourselves intentionally in bad situations and being exhausted and as being still having to go full power full speed full force when you're like beyond tired and you want to cry and throw up um from there that's what in this this my first title fight i noticed i i had a quick one second of panic and then i was able to reel it in real fast and be like no 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 i'm not doing that you know and that's that was huge man that was huge and that's something that since then i've been able to like really emphasize with with the fight team guys and newer guys that are coming on the team um and you know before fights nerves are crazy they can be crazy they, and they get, they get better me. with experience yeah not you <laughs> yeah, <I don't> get, <laughs> no like, maybe not then but um i get excited like i just get like crazy oh me too but there's there's still times i think maybe it's just the only when you're thing that's younger. nervous for me is like after I make weight, because it's not real to make weight, and you see the guy and you line up. Yeah. That's when the nerves hit me. Like I, I don't get nervous the whole fight week. Just once I make weight, and then we do the stare off. That's when I'm like, oh, it's for real now. Yeah. Like then, then you gotta like really take that self doubt into account. But before then, I'm just like I'm totally focused on making weight and making the fight. But then that hits you, and it's like, oh. And then your hotel room by yourself, and you're like, oh man. Yeah. What am I doing? Why am I doing? This? Well, well, why am I here? <laughs> But um, at the same time, that same question, why am I here? Why am I doing this? And those were questions that some people, I don't know what, even a lot of people here, you know, no, no names in particular. I'm not calling anybody out or anything, but something like people training, like want to fight, like, okay, why do you want to fight? You know, and that was something that Corey made us face, especially like me. And he's like, you know, he made us find that reason why, because there are some reasons that um just aren't good enough so to speak like if you're just doing it for show for sponsors to call yourself a fighter when it gets nasty and you're in a dangerous position and you want to quit you'll quit you know but if you have a bigger reason why you're fighting and the reason you're fighting and why you're training why you're, you're putting your life on hold you know um and doing these terrible things to your body <laughs> you know um you mean fighting's not healthy <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, so I don't know, over, over time, just with time and experience, more fights, more camps, more training, just day in and day out. That's how our, our, our families, we've gone from total strangers to, like you said, family. 100%. Yeah, a very tiny group. It got huge. Yeah. Got like 10 guys out there running with you in the freezing yeah. cold. I got my car heat on and my coat on. Like, you guys are nuts. <laughs> I'll do that shit in the summertime. But right. I'm not about <laughs> the winter. You got kettlebells out there. It's like 40 degrees. Yep. You're nuts. Yep. Well, here's the thing. With that experience, with that time has come trust. My last fight, I was probably more nervous for my last fight than I have been in two years for a fight. Um, maybe not two years, we'll say 18 months for a fight because I didn't know anything about the guy. Before, I would not want to watch tape on anybody because I'd like psych myself out a little bit. And maybe I'd watch a little bit, but that was it. I'd psych myself out. But now I'm at a spot where I don't, I'm not that like mentally intimidated nearly as much. And so I prefer to watch tape actually, just bits and pieces, what works, what doesn't work. Nothing too crazy, but you know. I'm obsessive. I just watch it over and over again. I'm like, I try and pick up tells and like this. Well, yeah, this way. yeah. I've I've always prided myself, um, honestly, on being able to pick up patterns and tells while they're happening during the fight. I, I can see a, a one time, like for as long as I can remember, I've been able to pick up tells. Now, sometimes when I was earlier fights, I don't mean I'd be able to do anything about it, you know. Right. But I but I'd see the shots coming before they came, and I'd be able to defend myself at least. Maybe I wouldn't be countering. Maybe I wouldn't be pivoting out, moving whatever. But um, now, with his last fight, there was nothing on this guy. It's Jesse Billinghurst, 
from Mateus Militia. Hard as nails, hit hard. You know, probably the toughest dude I, I, I ever fought, to be honest. Um, and he just won the lace-up title and a phenomenal fight. That fight was exciting. I don't know if you saw that, but that was him and EJ fought, went mm -hmm. at it. But um, that, I had no, no news, I had no video, no nothing on him. And all I knew is that how the Mateo Militia guys kind of fight, they'll fight a similar style which is nonstop pressure, don't back down, don't let you breathe, punches and bunches. And in the past, like with Carson, that had given me trouble. This, this high volume striking, when I don't have time to breathe, especially punches, they give me trouble. Um, now, I'll kick with anybody. If you want to get technical, we'll do it. That will fun. You know, that's fun to me. I will, it's a mental chess match, you know, and I'm trying to pick up these, these cues on the fly, and I, I love that. But this nonstop, just in-your-face brawler style, not, not about it. But I... So I had no video on him, but I thought in my head, and I planned it out with Coach Corey, like, okay, if, if that's what happens, this is what you know we'll have to do. It's K1, so we can't really clinch him up, which is would be ideal. We're going to have to slip and knee and counter and keep him at bay and check the inside leg and all these things. Going into the fight week, I was going to that fight. I was so freaking nervous. Like, I've not felt that kind of anxiety in maybe ever before a fight, honestly, except maybe my very first ever one on Lace Up, my very first fight out of here when I took the fight two weight classes up on less than a day's notice. <laughs> that wasn't so good. But um, I just, I didn't have time to think or game plan because like exactly like we thought, he just came forward, didn't let me breathe, punches and bunches, and it was but it was all right. Like I was comfortable with it because I didn't, I didn't have time to think about it. It was like almost, we'll say like at least 80, probably 90% muscle memory and just what we'd have been drilling and training. And that only comes with like being able to let myself go and just let my body take over and see the cues and trust them in a split second. That all comes from, from trusting my coach and trusting our training. Because if I had like double guessed him and I wasn't listening to him in the corner or I was, you know, got scared or nervous and I didn't, didn't trust myself. I didn't have confidence in myself. I would have froze up and got, probably got hurt. But instead I ended up, you know, winning decisively, getting the, that, the point, getting the, the extra point, you know, the, the knockdown point. So, you know, um, my, it's funny cause I had, my mom came up to me afterwards and she was like, you know, honestly, me and your sisters were kind of worried. We didn't think you won that fight. <laughs> like she goes, well, we didn't, we didn't think you lost the fight, but it's not how you normally fight. Like you, if you see me fight when I like right. to fight, it control the range, control the style, very fluid smash kicks. I like to control with that one. I was almost constantly backpedaling, slipping, rolling, you know, clinching knee and release. It was crazy. It was madness. But I knew when the fight was over, I knew I won. But not even counting the knockdown. I knew I won. Like I knew that I hit him more than he hit me, and I knew I made him miss, and I knew I didn't just make a miss, but I made a miss, and I was able to counter, and I was able to... And I was actually quite... Sometimes, you know, amateur judging can be really, really sketch. Yeah, we'll say shitty. <laughs> it can be real sketch, <laughs> real suspicious. But I thought they did... I was happy that they did a good job, because I knew I won. Like yeah, I knew I, I won. won fight too. He came in, and he, he might look like the busier fighter, and there's... a he probably honestly was the busier fighter, but I was definitely the cleaner, more efficient the most fighter. Effective fighter. Exactly. And I knew I was that night. And that, like I said, that only came from trusting, trusting my coach and trusting my training and in turn, trusting myself to execute what we've been working on for the last couple of weeks. Do you think that some of the anxiety you felt going into that fight was because of that trust and like you don't want to let Corey down, you don't want to let your team down, you're a big, oh, you're man. like the number one that's... student for Corey, you're like the leader of the team, is that some pressure you felt or did was that not part of it? A little bit, 
I'm st- I'm working on not feeling pressure with these fights. You no, know, Corey always tells me, he goes, he's like, You're, this is amateur fight. There's no pressure. Like, don't worry about the titles. Don't worry about the people in the crowd. Like, go out there, have fun. He and he, he tells me, he's been telling me for years. He goes, Tony, like, you are good enough, or I will put you up against anybody, which is which is high high praise. And I know he means it. And he's not just like gassing me up or like trying to inflate me or make me feel good. Like he's he means it. And I, I can think see it. Do that to anybody, to be honest with you. Huh? I don't think he gas anybody. Else. No, no, no. I love He'd that like, about oh, Corey. You fight. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Cor- about Corey. He's brutally honest all the time, and that's that's because he cares. He's like, I'm not about to let you go hurt yourself, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I do more so. I think than Corey. I I think I was I was a little worried about letting um losing in front of my family losing in front of like i like i know like if i lose in front of course like shit damn it mm-hmm. i right, just go back to the drawing board i didn't execute of course i don't want to have that feeling but um and I, and I didn't think i was gonna let myself down because i i had two fights in the last like six months both title fights against tough guys like two of the other top guys in central western new york area you know and i beat them both decisively not a not a scratch on me you know um Actually, EJ landed a pretty good shot, but that was it. <laughs> but um, so I wasn't worried about that. But I was, I'm, I was a little ner- worried about like not disappointing my family. I don't think they'll be disappointed in me, but I still I don't want to see them them to see me lose if I can help it, you know. So um, and I didn't know what he was bringing to the table, and I at least when he's I know what he's bringing to the table, I can prepare for it the best of my abilities. But I had no idea. I was like going in there blind almost. I just had like. I never seen. I'd never even seen him fight. I'd seen some of his his teammates fight. I'd seen two of his teammates fight, and that was it. And I was kind of basing my prediction off of him, off of that. Now, if you that might not always work. You know, Sean Doyle does not fight the same as me. Marshall does not fight the same as me. We're all teammates, three totally different right? Well, under one totally coach. So if you prepare for Sean, you're not gonna get. If you prepare for Sean and you try and fight Marshall, it's gonna be different. If you prepare for Marshall and you get me, it's gonna be different. You know, so. Um, why do you fight? Why do I why fight? Do you fight? That's funny. My mom asked me that the other day, like maybe last week. We just talked about it earlier. And I was like trying to figure it out, man. Yeah, I. Uh, I've read your thing, so I know a little bit about <laughs> why, but they don't know why. Yeah. So honestly, man, why I fight? Like I could just train and get like my 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 therapy, so to speak, that way. But um, for me, fighting is absolutely terrifying. You know, it's an emotional roller coaster. To, to go in there with somebody who has been training to beat you and try and hurt you. That's honestly terrifying. But at the same time, <laughs> um, I don't know right now in my life what is a bigger challenge than that. Like what could possibly be a bigger challenge to, to me mentally and physically than than fighting, you know, going in there against another trained individual and seeing like 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 that's it like no no teams no equipment no you know no none of that we're just we're gonna fight like how much more primal does it get you know and it's being able to to put myself through that and and discipline myself you know sure discipline myself through the training but then discipline myself mentally during the fight to not give in to fear, which I've, which is very, which is, has been in the past very easy for me to do, to doubt myself, um, and give in to fear and, you know, just assume that I'm going to lose. It's been very easy to do that. So this, this, 
evolution um, of where I started is is now almost intoxicating because it's like, okay, I went from being scared just fighting because when I was a kid in karate, kids just kids at school like normally they make fun of karate kids. I feel like, but they didn't make fun of me. But they they like you know they knew I had a black belt in high school. By the time I was in high school, I'm like, yeah, you know, it was there was, was that was cool to them, you know. Right. Um, so I just kind of picked up fighting. I almost I think because I had to like that was almost like where I was labeled as. But now it's changed. It was not just a label, but now it's like I went from being this scared kid who was just kind of went with it because I thought it made me feel cool to now I've overcome a lot of these fears, a lot of these self-doubts, and now I'm kind of like embracing, okay, now I'm not second-guessing myself quite so much, and I'm kind of em- embracing what I have and the potential I have, and um, it's it's still the scariest thing, you know, because it's an emotional roller coaster. I still have those, those moments of self-doubt. Um, but the cool thing is, I've only been doing this for four years, and can you imagine where I'll be, where like where I'll be in another four years? You know, this last year especially has been just crazy how much I've I've grown with the help of my my mom and my sisters, my family, especially helping with my mental training, and then in here with my physical mental training with Corey and my team. Um, it, it's still scary but the the highs that i get off of winning and off of achieving like when i when i win a belt or i win a fight or whatever it's not even like hi i'm a a shit what's up like i'm the best like that's not even my first thought like my mom asked me like one time she was like you know what is because she's she's a big psychologist big psychologist and a teacher and she she wants to know what's what's going on in my head too you know before after and during fights she goes you know do you can you appreciate like what what you just did and i'm like sometimes i almost don't because i'm so relieved like that's the first feeling i get when they announce my name isn't like joy isn't happiness even though i know the fight i won it's like relief it's like okay now i can relax for a couple weeks and then do all this crazy stuff over again you know i can go through all this emotional roller coaster this physical craziness this more relief than elation even huh more relief than elation even at first yeah. yeah I mean, then the elation kind of sits in, and then I'm kind of like happy. I, I want to say like I expect myself to win, but but oh, I almost do a little bit because it sounds like you're going there with pretty high expectations to win. If you're like, oh, thank God I pulled it off. Yeah, I, I knew I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to win it's, this match. It's. I mean, there are some times where I've been like highly toted or going to like this last class fight. I was I was defending champions. So obviously, like you know, there's that was a little bit on there too. But it's like in my head, I I know I've yet to see somebody who, even if I already lost to them, you know, like Mike Keefe, he's another one out of bazooka kickboxing. Like Mikey, I'd like to fight him again eventually. Lost him years ago. That was a conditioning flaw. Darn, wish we could get that back. <laughs> but um, they only count once you go turn pro. Right? And there you go. <laughs> Those but, are the ones you want, you want to win. But um, I, I've yet to see somebody who is – totally like in my weight class in my range who was totally 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 outmatched and outskilled me and i and i cannot compete with i have yet to see anybody um and i've seen some guys at the highest levels of the national scene and the world scene from from the usa from you know other countries i see like the pan am games highlights and the world championship highlights and i'm like all right i have to really put in some some serious work to be able to to pull off a win but nothing I've ever seen is impossible. I've not, never seen a point where I'm like, there's no way I could beat them. So when I go into these fights, I already know that I can beat them. And if I 
don't beat them, that's most likely not totally because there's always one punch power. You know, anything can happen in fighting. Right. You know, but if I don't beat them, I almost know that that was because of me because I didn't stick to the game plan of the fight because I, I let something get away from me. I should be able to control my at least my part of the fight. You know, um, and if if I don't, then it's then I gave up. I think that's kind of it. I, I I gave up. I quit somewhere. Maybe not. I didn't throw throw in the towel, so to speak. But I somewhere mentally, emotionally, I I didn't stay disciplined. I didn't, you know, whatever. And that's the best thing about fighting too, because you know, you get exactly. out exactly what you put in, and yeah, what, you can say whatever you want, and you have to say whatever you want. You don't have you're a fighter, but you know in your head what really happened in there. You don't have a goalie to save you. You don't have a three other four other six other teammates to save you two other guys on your line to to pick up the slack in case you fail you know you don't have three other lines to, behind you in case you get tired it's what you exactly like you said what you get in is what you get out so if you're in here half-assing yourself um it's you're cheating yourself and i'll say it to my my classes i say don't cheat me do not cheat yourself like if we're doing something and I give like we're doing an exercise or conditioning, especially conditioning, especially nobody likes to condition, you know. But if I'm teaching class and I see people start to slack, I'm like, don't you cheat me. Don't you cheat yourself. And sometimes when you keep hold people accountable to themselves, like that, I'm like, I don't care about cheating you, coach, whatever, guy. Right. But it's like, don't cheat yourself. And it's just like, dang, okay, fine. Like, I'll, yeah, I'll pick it up. The whole <laughs> think about it. Like, exactly. Oh, man, exactly. Like, so only times I ever fall short, I'm like, oh, man, I could have done more. Like, I go home right. and I think about it, dude. Right. Like, that's the terrible feeling when you go home. You're like, man, I had a little bit more in me. I left it there. Right. Exactly. And then it's just like. And then you got to come it, back it, and it kill it for the you. next two weeks, dude. It, it like, itches at you. Um, and that's, I kind of I kind of like that, though, because it keeps me honest. It keeps me, because I don't like feeling like that. Um, and I, I, every time I, I would feel that in training, it's like, it would kind of eat at me and I want to at first I want to like push it aside like it, it wasn't true but of course it's true you know um but then I'm thinking okay what have, what if I that is what makes or breaks my next fight that like quitters mentality where I just it was too hard so I didn't want to do it you yeah, know stop our inner bitch from coming out man. exactly That's what Rogan says all the time you gotta too. conquer your inner bitch that's the thing you know, got to conquer. I, I, I said, I literally said that I think yesterday or two days ago in my class. <laughs> I was we were doing push ups and I was like, conquer your bitch. Like, don't, don't cheat on me. Don't, don't cheat yourself. Conquer it. Let's go. People are like, I think that that you can see that some people are like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that, and that's what a coach is supposed to do. That's what Corey's done for me. He'll, he'll get in my face and he will be screaming at me and shit talking me and telling me like, I think he knows like. You can shit talk me, and I don't. I don't really. Like, I don't good. care. He's like he's a really good coach because he knows how to push each individual. Right. Like he pushes exactly. you a lot different. And he he pushes, he'll like, push him. Marshall. He'll yeah. push Marshall. His shit talk Marshall. Mm-hmm. His shit talk Doyle, and they'll get pumped up. His shit talk me, and I like laugh and I like shit mm-hmm. talk back. Whatever. Like I don't really care. Yeah. But he knows. I think he knows that. That I know that I can beat anybody. We both know. At least us two know that I can beat. I can have the potential. To beat anybody not saying i will but I have the potential and that's the starting block so he knows that's my that's my trigger and he goes like so you're slacking like you're not gonna get like if he sees me start to falter at all like he knows i'm gonna hold myself accountable and he's gonna hold me accountable and i trust him and he's done so much for me that i do not want to let him down or myself down and he knows that and he will be up my ass so what was it like to go to florida and actually train with where he came from and see Corey? oh my goodness that was an eye-opener i realized i was too nice here 
Or <laughs> 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 was way too nice in my classes, man. Because I would, I would um, want to make sure people feel welcome and, and you know, kind of let them, especially like the newer people, like let them get away with not necessarily great technique um, because they're newer and I just want them to like enjoy class and come back and I don't know, not give me a bad report. I don't even know if that's a, if that's a thing. I don't think I've ever gotten a bad <laughs> report. Like a permanent record. Right? I don't care. <laughs> Whatever. Now I'm like, I don't care. I'm like, here's the deal. Like, I'm going to teach you how to do it right and we're going to take our time until you get it right, you know? And if you purposely don't listen to me because you want to hit hard or because you want to go fast or because you don't like wh- the way I'm teaching it, even though it's the right way and you want to do it your way because it's easier, you're either doing conditioning or you're getting out. Because when I went down to his gym, it was, I realized where he got his mentality from. They don't, they don't mess around. They do not mess around. You don't, you don't get to come in to the gym and train on days you feel like training or do parts of the workout. Like like I have some people, I have some people like on the fight team who don't want to do all the workouts we have. I know life gets in the way of, of, of things sometimes, but even when they're here, we're doing a workout and they just want to do their own thing until it's time to hit pads and they want to hit pads and they expect you to hold pads to them. You know, and I have, a, I have a huge problem with that. That's disrespectful to everybody on the team, especially me. But, <laughs> especially, well, I'm saying right now with Coach, with Coach Corey gone and I have the rest of my like fighters looking up to me right now to kind of lead the pack, me and, me and Coach Joe Catalano, um, that's rude as hell and I do not appreciate that, you know. But anyways, when we went down there, yeah, if you don't, if you're not in training, doing exactly what the coach says to a T because he knows best and he really does. They're phenomenal coaches down there. Um, coach Jason and coach, coach David. Um, obviously crew Ray came from, came from that gym too. Um, and obviously that's coach Corey's gym. They got plenty of national titles. Brandon waters from that gym, plenty of national titles and, and international titles. So they know what they're doing. So if you think that you're going to train when you want or do parts of the workout <laughs> when you want to do them because it's convenient for you, you're not fighting. It's simple as that. And you're not on fight team anymore for that matter. And you might as well just go back down to level one. And if that doesn't kick you in the ego, or if that doesn't, you know, some people, they don't, they, that hurts their ego and they don't want to be a part of it. And I'm, I, I actually appreciate that. I'm like, good, get out. Now I'm not going to waste my time or you're not going to waste your teammates time. You're not going to waste your classmates time. If you can't appreciate, if you can't like check yourself and like humble yourself to put in the work and learn, um, get out. So when that I came, be humbling too, man. Sometimes yeah. you guys come back from that, and then it makes them hungry. Yeah, too. yeah. I, I that is phenomenal. I love that. Um, sometimes, a lot of times, it doesn't happen though. Sometimes you just don't know any better, man. Like, yeah. Sometimes you're rude and you just don't know it. I mean, yeah. There's yeah. like that here, and like you gotta tell them what's going on, and you feel like an asshole. Like, but there's really yeah. Don't there's know. there's there's a difference between you know telling somebody like being a dick about it. And like, you know, <laughs> and, and trying to portray the same message in a, a more, um, constructive way, which is what I would, it's always my first and second and third option. I mean, if, if it's consistent, like I'll give you like three, four strikes. If you're consistently not listening to me though, I'm going to make an example of you by making you do the, the, the pushups. Like I said, you're doing burpees, you're doing burpees. Like, don't, don't think I'm not going to make you do them or I'm going to pull you aside after class. I'm not going to embarrass you. Of course I would never do that. But, um, if, if you're intentionally, you know, not listening to me or the coach. And I've come into other coaches' classes too. Like I've had, 
I've had people not pay attention to Coach Sean, and I don't know if it's because he's younger than a lot of the people he teaches <laughs> or because, but this is way back when he was newer. I would straight up come into his class and call people out and be like, "You are you guys watching? Like, they'd be talking and, like, doing their own thing. I'm like, hey, hey, your coach is talking. You're not talking. Like, you're, you're paying attention. Um, so <laughs> nice, too, man. It's tough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, usually I am. I, no, I, I mean, like, he's so nice. Oh, like, Sean, Sean, yeah. Sean is so nice. Yeah. Like, I don't think he's saying anything, dude. Yeah, he's I don't like, even ah. know if he notices sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> he's kind of, what? It's like, whatever, you're lost. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Come here. Come here. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I, I, coming back from, from there, they have a very strict, very pure style of Muay Thai. Um, and it's it's cool because it's, it's a style that I like very much. There's... Multiple styles of Muay Thai. We can get into that. Punchers, low kickers, clinchers, nears. They have a very um, technical, like all around style. And um, from what I've seen coming from Jason and and Corey, Corey not as much. Corey's more of a just destroy them, <laughs> just break them in half. <laughs> um, but he Corey's he, just like my crew, crew Marshall and him and Corey like have almost that same style, just that mentality. Come forward, just right? Just you. maintain They're the both like gigantic guys. Maintain control of the ring, maintain yeah. control of the distance, and just smash them apart. But he has some teammates, and like like Crew Ray and uh, Jason, one of his teammates who is coached down there now. They're very um, tricky. They're tricky. They're sneaky. They're very technical, and they're very. Their feints and their elusiveness is, is Sounds huge. like your clinch game. Yeah, mm, that's the point. <laughs> that's the point. <laughs> so it was, it was, it was awesome down there. So when I came back, I was like, I think kind of revamped up Corey too. Be like, yeah, I'm being too nice too. And then it was, it was, it was an eye opener a little bit because that's not. If I'm letting people get off, even if they're newer, you know, even if they're this their first class, if I'm letting them go get off, even though I know I can help them, and I'll, I'll I'm letting them not do it the right way because it's their first class and I'm letting them their second class or third class or first week of classes and I'm letting them just half-ass I'm doing such a disservice to them and I didn't realize that I didn't appreciate that I was kind of like I'm the coach I'm separate from you um a little bit like your training is my training I got my own thing as I come back from there I was like and see how it like I think it almost like made me realign myself and I was like like they're looking up to me even if they don't know it like they're looking to me for direction I say stop. They all, all eyes on me. Like the okay, coach, what's next? So, if I say good job, they're assuming they're doing it right. So if I say good job and you're not doing it right, that's totally on me. And I would expect any of my coaches to do the same thing. If I was like, hey, Coach K, man, how does this look? And in your head, you're like, well, your foot placement's off, and your leverage is terrible, and your posture's god awful. <laughs> but you're like, yeah, hey, it's pretty good. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm gonna keep doing it like that. You know? I never say good. I'm just like, uh, it's not terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. I say it's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> it's, I don't say good unless it's actually good. Say it to the, say it to the kids. The kids too. Yeah. Hey, coach, how's this? Like, well, kind of sucks. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, it's not the best I've ever seen. I. But that's the thing, right? Yeah. If you, if you, if it wasn't great, and you said it, pretty good. I'd be like, all right, cool, cool, man. Let's gotta mm -hmm. tweak something, you know. But if it's got awful, and you say pretty yeah. good. Yeah, pretty good doesn't go unless right? it's actually pretty good. Right. And that's that's not on them. That's on that was on me as right. a coach. So. Now you can ask you can ask my my fight team guys and my level two guys especially. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we love him. He's kind of an ass sometimes though. You gotta I'm, be to be a good yeah. coach though. Like you gotta really be yeah. on people because bad habits are hard to break. Yeah, and I I, I like let about level one when I'm teaching like my, my the new people especially. I'm like, we're gonna break these habits before I even get them. 
Like that's just instinct to do it this way. Cock your arm back and play your elbow up and drop your hands to throw a punch. Uh, we're gonna break that before you even know you're doing it. You know, um, and when I've trained at other gyms, um, that's something I found consistently. Like I've trained, I've had the pleasure of training at Art of Eight in San Diego and Steel MMA in San Diego, and they have a ton of of national um, champions and, and national fights between the two of them. Um, I trained with Michael Chase Corley in Houston. Um, and Sean Madden in Houston and Tony Cummings in Houston. He, they were all in town for glory, for the glory fights when I was down there with Joe Taylor. So I had three huge names in Muay Thai, which I didn't even appreciate till later. <laughs> I, until I looked them all up and I was like, damn. And they gave me like a full, the three of them stood around me while I hit pads with Coach Tony and just tore apart my knee and, and kick for about half an hour. That's amazing. I mean, it was it a phenomenal. Terrible, but it's, I loved awesome. it. Yeah. I freaking loved it. I was like, oh, thank you. I'm doing something wrong. Like, mm -hmm. please, for the love of God. Yeah. You know, um, and it was frustrating at first. Like, shit. But I love that. I love that frustration. So I was like, okay, I got to go back and make it pretty. And then I got to do it over and over and over and over. Oh, I did it wrong. And over and, you know, I love that. It's good um, when you got someone so experienced around you. Yeah. Like, oh, it's oh, and then you sure. can get to feel what it's supposed to really feel like. Yeah, I trained it um, easy to learn. at CSA with Coach Kieran. And, you know, Common Sports Academy in Dublin, California. They're they're hot, especially in Muay Thai. Kevin Bolano, oh, Kevin Bolanos, Gaston Bolanos and Kevin Rosser from there. You know, K Coach K knows his shit for sure. You know, Tim, uh, Dwayne Ludwig and, and, and Bang Muay Thai in Denver. Like, I've been with some high-level coaches for sure. And I've always just been a small fish in their pond, you know. Um, and something I've always noticed is they are, I'll say strict. That seems like they're strict to their hard asses. But it's there is no leniency for for poor technique if you're intentionally not listening. Like if you if you just get it wrong, they'll take the time to of course with patience, with so much patience to break it down. This which and I first day I was actually with uh, Coach uh, Dwayne Ludwig. He was like, you know what, this is good. It could be a little better. Let's fix it. I did a, I did a different way, and he goes. Like, that's what I'm talking about. That's better, you know? But uh, I saw other people where they would just keep doing the same thing. It's like, it's like, what the hell's going on? Are you listening to me or what? <laughs> you know? And it's like, that's the thing. It's like, if you do it wrong and like unknowingly, they'll, they'll, um, that's on them. They'll correct it. We'll tweak it. That's like the team, you know, the, the, the team mentality there. But then if they tell you and you intentionally are not focused enough, you're not like um, conscious enough to slow it down and get it right, that's on you. And I say that to my to my students too. I'm like, when they're like, okay, well, how do I get this better? I'm like, you just you just do it. You gotta you gotta keep your posture straight. You gotta keep your shoulders over your hips. You know, you can't be leaning forward. You can't have your my face over my knee. And they're like, well, how do I fix it? I'm like, you gotta be conscious. You gotta think about that or whatever it is, you know. Um, and I will take the time to. And if I see them trying, I'll obviously be nicer. But if they just completely one one in one ear, not the other, I'm like, all right, push ups. Get I'm it. always really <laughs> honest with people I know are going to fight or they express interest in fighting because they're going in there. They right. could die. Like, this is not a it's not a game when you go in a cage no. or the ring or. You and know, I got like, big gloves and headgear. Yeah, and but even it's still is. You could I've come seen out people, of it not the same. Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen people, even with shin guards, get wrists broken, ribs cracked, you know. Even like For one knockout can change your life. Yeah, look at. Look at Joe Taylor's last opponent. Oh my God! Holy, that was scary as hell. Yeah. Woo! You, could, you could end up like Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we, Mickey. We hope that's. We hope that never happens. He's to anybody. probably pooped his pants on the mat by now. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I choked on crap himself. <laughs> That's the best fight ever. You have to watch that one time. That's what happens when you come in, Mick. Yeah. We don't see you for like six months. Right. Yeah. He's back. It was good to see him. Actually, he looks like he's in good shape. Last time he was a little round. <laughs> a little uh, round. Yeah, he looks uh, cut up. Anyways, I brought you in here today because yeah. you want to go to Thailand and train. I'm, yes. So uh, let's am, talk about that a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I am going to Thailand. So I'm going to be visiting family in California like we do every summer. Visiting my uh, my godparents out there, um, my cousins. Training in San Diego again at Art of Eight and Steel MMA. You know, with uh, Coach Mike Lemaire and you know that the whole team out there. Um, and then from there, I'll be flying out of LA to Copagan, which is one of the islands of in Thailand, and I'll be training at a Diamond Muay Thai. So. I decided for my first my first trip because I know I'm gonna go out there again and again and again and again. Um, for my first trip to kind of get used to the heat because I'm going in August too. <laughs> so for the love of God. <laughs> um, Good thing you're pretty tan. Yeah, right. Right. And I actually, I'm still gonna be a, like the light skin guy there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But um, I decided to stay away from like the hubbub of like. Pattaya or Bangkok and because it's the first time training out there in that heat twice a day, two or three hours a session on that diet, you know, so it's like I don't want to get too distracted with um, not saying I, I, I wouldn't be disciplined to train, but because um, that's of course not, not the problem, but just a little quieter, you know, quieter right. on one of the islands, not such a big tourist destination, go out there train there's a so Copagan is a small island and then Koh Samoy I think how you pronounce it is a bigger island <laughs> I don't know don't ask me it's a bigger island like right right adjacent to it and they have like a stadium a fight stadium mm -hmm. on Koh Samoy so um the goal is to train out there for four weeks um the plan not the goal the plan is to train out there four weeks twice a day and fight at least once twice would be awesome because you can fight like freaking every day of the week yeah <laughs> twice would be awesome if i was healthy enough you know from the first fight but um obviously health is is number one make sure i'm not dehydrating myself or banging myself up in the first fight or again stitches or anything like that mm -hmm. but um yeah i i am so 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 excited i've been a long time coming and now it's time where it's it's finally it's the right time I had no. Anthony Ford on uh, a couple times, yeah, and uh, he talked about his experience in Thailand. Like, wake up, wake up! He's like, because he got to run in the morning, mm -hmm. and he wanted to go out and run. He's like, no, you no run today, you fight. And they, they made him fight like five days in a row. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so he fights five days in a row, so he didn't have to run. Dang. <laughs> That's crazy. And then like his trainer was just taking the money to go get drinks. <laughs> Thailand's an awesome place. I hope you don't have any experience like that, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't honestly, man, if I'm healthy enough and it's, I don't know what cool, cause I don't know how big the pool is. I mean, it's not too far away from the mainland or anything, you know, but honestly, if they're like, Oh, you're healthy. Do you like, you want to fight again? We got to we got somebody for you. Like, Oh, this will be a good fight. I'm not healthy. I'm like, Oh yeah, I trust that. You think I should like, you, you think I'm feeling good. Trust the trainers out there. Let's do it. I want you to fight a lot because you know, a foreigner fighting over there is yeah. big for them. Yeah. So I'm a, uh, I'm excited. What gym are you? Oh, you already said Diamond Muay Thai. Are you going to be uh, taking their name like they do in Thailand when you fight? Or? Um, while I'm out there, I will be. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know if I will when I come back, obviously. Right. But um, because when I go out another, next time, I'm going to try and go to some different gyms in Bangkok, like 
uh, Corey's head head coach, Crew Adichai, um, his gym in Bangkok, um, and some other gyms. But but for now, while I'm out there, of course, if they're if they're gracing me with with my training right. and giving me the time, I'm excited. And I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard it's different out there. Like they, it's very acceptable to train at one gym and go train another gym and another gym and another gym. They're not uptight about it. They really encourage it. Because gyms specialize in like tie and uh, like the clinch and then others the specialize in knee I don't know. And boxing. And See, I've, I've that sounds like totally, totally possible, but um, I don't know. Because at the same time, then I've heard of people like uh, it might like, matter that you're like Bukow, yeah, yeah, like you know, uh, where they're on contract to the gym and the gym gets so much of their purse, you know, they maybe don't want you training at other gyms. Um, if you're on, on contract to them and you're making them a lot of money, I don't know. I'm not saying everybody's greedy out there. I have no idea. Right. I've never been there. <laughs> it matters when you're, but, you're carrying a gym's name like he is, though. I mean, that's, right. that's right. probably a little bit different. Yeah, and I then he's imagine. also international superstar. Yeah. That's crazy, man. I think about it. I'm 23. He was 24 when he won the K1 the first yeah. time. That's madness. You're definitely on that level, man. Like, you may not see it, but I see I'm You know, you see how good Pat Mix is, how good he does in Bellator. You're that good in time. We... We we knew that was being yeah. a Pat mixture fest. Uh-huh. Throw it on Pat. We knew that was happening. I didn't know it was gonna be a minute six, but I was like first round. Like it's. I knew it was gonna people, be that people fast, dude. Like, sleep on Patchy. He's gotta have like so much pressure on him because his Bellator debut. I knew he was gonna be on fire. I knew that oh. fight was gonna be over in three minutes. Or I less. feel like he's. I've never been around Pat backstage before a fight, but I feel like he's the kind of guy who strives under pressure. Like throw yeah. it on me, like like. I'll prove everybody. He's a guy that's a terminal camp, and then I'm fighting. Now. He's like, it's my time. Like that's yeah. the only time he's ever cocky. He's like, I'm fight day, dude. That's good to see. Those yeah. are, that's how you're gonna be too, man. You know you put in that time. I can't wait to see it too. I'm excited. Be watching on Glory. I'll probably have to buy Danza when you start fighting. Ah, <laughs> 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 yeah, that's the goal, man. Want to be like the uh, John Wayne Parr somewhere in there, you know? People, because a lot of people, I think when they watch now maybe not your listeners so much because they know you you right. know but a lot of people when they say you're a fighter or kickboxer or boxer mma fighter especially can get a bad rep you know i feel like oh you just like to hurt people human cockfighting blah 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 you're punch drunk idiot you know you have no life and whatever you know but it's one of the beautiful things about this place you know we have construction workers and teachers yeah. and college students and i think muay thai in general is even like cleaner than jujitsu and MMA for sure. Like really? it's just so respectful. It, I think. it is, yes. And that's something that kinda gets lost a little bit, um, in the amateur levels especially, where they're like, Okay, you don't have any time to, to do the white crew or the ring, blah blah blah. Just get in there and fight. And then we have on to the next. You know. A lot of these promotions don't really appreciate the even though the, some of the coaches and the promoters might know Muay Thai, they don't really respect the full tradition of it. Right. You know. Which is of course all about respect. Just make them way and do it. Yeah, it's, Dude, Ramo, who cares? and there's, and there's just like no, and it's not nearly as like stressful. I feel like over there, I could totally be wrong, but I'm speculating from what I've seen and watched. It's not nearly as stressful over there as, as it is here because you're gonna, even though they're all pro, every fight's pro. You know, you're fighting again in two weeks, and next week, and the week after, and you know, it's just like it's just the way of life there. Yeah. It's, it's just there's no macho. Yeah, it's just, this is what we do. It doesn't matter if you lose, you lose, you mm-hmm. learn, okay, and adapt and keep going. And there's like, so much respect too, here. It's like high levels. People want that zero. You know, they want that ten and zero, four and zero, eleven and zero, twenty one and zero. And there's so much put behind it. You got guys that are one and six that act like that too, though. Right, yeah, that's crazy. Right, you know, like. but then you <laughs> go out there and you have guys who are one hundred 
and 39 or and 18 oh, yeah <laughs> right yeah they have like they're like they have like 80 losses they have some of the best guys in the world right now um they've got like 60 70 80 losses Granted, right. they have like 200 wins 100 uh-huh. wins 150 wins you know like the glory champ he's got like patch he's the only guy like i don't know like 150 fights and he's got a decent number of losses you know but that's just it's a lot different over there you know it's not about the ego it's not about the image it's about the art and it's about the fight it's about the fight not not all the the publicity and the the image that comes attached with it as being a fighter or who you are being defined by by your win and loss record right it's just a way of life and a right. way to develop your soul and your spirit. And it's more spiritual, I think. Oh, I think so, too. I, I know so. That's the that's why I like Muay Thai more than any other sports I've ever done. Just the respect. Like, I love going to seminars and just the mm-hmm. respect that everyone has for each other. Mm-hmm. As they're beating the shit out of each other. Right? But it's, it's fun. God, yeah. it's fun. Like, you beat the crap out of each other. You're both smiling and yelling at each yeah. other. and They knock you down as hard as they can. And they, and and they laugh and at you. you and they, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the right. best. It's like it sounds sick, but it's really the it's not egos are like. Where's I think sometimes I could totally be wrong. Sometimes MMA, boxing, it, it might help to kind of like have a bit of a, your own individual flair. Um, not saying that doesn't help for 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 Muay Thai either for, to promote yourself, and of course not. But um, that's not nearly as important. The art is so much bigger than the individual athlete. The fight is so much bigger. The ring itself, literally, the ring itself is so much bigger than the individual athlete because the people come to this very sacred spot to watch two warriors go at it. That's know? how I felt Friday when we were, everyone was watching us spar. Because yeah. you feel that when everyone stops. Yeah. It's like me and you Oh, spar. I like that, yeah. And we were just like laughing at each other. It was fun, dude. It wasn't yeah. like, usually when I'm in there with someone, it's like it's serious, but we were just smiling and laughing yeah. and having a good time, dude. Even though you're beating me up, it was fun as fuck. <laughs> Frustrating, man. As soon as I like got all this, this little jits crap going on <laughs> like that you're going for like under hooks and you're squatting away, squatting away from me i'm like what the hell yeah damn it trying sweeps that might normally work a little bit better and you're like oh no got jiu-jitsu base yeah can't I'm sweep me sweep me now i'm watching not like that like, all right now we're gonna just yeah, yeah. tweak it up a little bit yeah it was fun anyways are you independently wealthy no what do you do for a living? I uh, I wish that'd be sick, wouldn't it? Could just travel and fight. Yeah. No, I um. I'm going somewhere with this, so help I'm me a full time. I'm a full time a student. Right. Um, so I'm actually taking the semester off of grad school. Like, like one more year left of grad school. I'm taking the semester off. Um, in the fall, most likely, because I'll be coming back from town right ahead of that, just to get money back. But um, I uh, full time student, just graduated with my bachelor's in May. Um, and I am also a, uh, substitute teacher. So we're trying to get Tony to Thailand. Well, he's already got his tickets. He's going. Yes, I'm going. He has no food. <laughs> he doesn't have too much other stuff. So we're trying to raise some money for Tony. Uh, we had some donations already. He's got a, a page. I'm going to link to this. So if you're listening to this, click the link underneath it and, um, you know, give Tony some money and please subscribe while you're doing it. Uh, that would be a, that as well. amazing. That would be a blessing. I've we've reached, I think, almost half the goal, or maybe half the goal, um, in like a week, and it's been a real, a real blessing. And it's it's nice to see because I have the the majority of people that have um, donated are people from the gym, and they're students, people who I've taught 
the year and then now they're on fight team or they're an MMA or whatever, you know, obviously I have like personal friends and family and high school friends and college friends, you know, but vast majority, at least like 70%, 75% is people from the gym. Um, and they, then they come up and they tell me, cause I, I everybody who donates, I'm, I'm saying thank you to either message, Facebook, Instagram, or in the gym. I, if I know I'm gonna see in the gym, I'll wait till I can say in person. But they're all like, yeah, like, like you, you work your ass off. Like this, I, you deserve it. And it just, it means a lot. Like you deserve it. You've been talking about going to town for a while and it's only going to make you better. And then they, it's fun that they, they already know that they're like, you're going to take that knowledge and then pass it on. And they already know that. Like they already know. Like I have to say that, like, I'll like maybe like give me money. Cause I'm going to go learn the secrets and I pass it on. You know, like they already know that whatever I learn, I'm going to like to pass along because I, that's the very blessed position I have as a coach. And so it's been, it's been phenomenal so far. So let's get Tony some money, and he's probably going to need a little extra because he's going to need some Imodium when he gets out there because it's going to be a total change of diet and climate. So right. we got to keep Tony training. He's probably going to need some massages too for his legs because they're probably going to get beat up. No donation is too big or small. Yeah. No comments is unappreciated. Something else, man, besides the money, the, the number of stories. Because um, obviously on, on the page, I, I go into a little bit what Muay Thai has done for me and where I came from, you know. Um, and the rough up, very, very, very nasty upbringing I had and how Muay Thai has been uh, a therapy on so many levels. Physical, of course, just the release and then the mental and emotional strength that I find. And that's a part of the reason why I fight too. You know, the I, I now I'm, I'm at this point, I can just keep going. I'm excited to see where I can, where I can keep going. Um, so on, on my page, there's sure there's like the picture of me and where i'm going and why i'm going and the breakdown of funds and our goal and I everything like that. a lot of people don't do that in their fundraisers you're like this is where the funds are going yeah it's a really good idea yeah it was yeah it was a great setup um that that marshall sent me about this page but um to use this platform to use but yes on the um and i get a little vulnerable too you know and I explain because that it's not something that i normally do i think most people who know me they just know it's happy go lucky tony he likes to love and he's a he'll hug you and then i'll kick you in the face you know <laughs> whatever but um i had to get a little vulnerable and and be honest with with what muay thai has done for me because i'm not just doing this to go vacation i'm doing this to to continuously improve myself and strengthen my mind and strengthen my body and strengthen my, my spirit because i've come a long way you know and just to see such the an amazing support system around me such an amazing family around me has been nothing short of a blessing to say i appreciate it was would be an understatement well now that they're gonna read this part i'm gonna ask you the questions that i have what's up because you uh you talk about how you grew up in an abusive family yeah thing and now you yeah. you've given a lot of love to your mom and your sister so yeah is so they're like uh, adopted family or? so funny you say that um my uh no, the uh, the abusive people. So I was adopted when I was about 18 months old, and I lived with those people till I was 17. I can't even call them family, you know. Even even the siblings, I can't even go that. I think there's there's one, one of of six siblings that I actually you know like and you know and willing to call a brother. The rest are just no. Um, so I moved out of there when I was 17. Um, and they were ex extremely, extremely violently abusive. You know, I get punched, whipped, scratched, choked out. I'd go to school with marks on me when I was younger. 
and then as I got older, um, I got to a point where um, they would, I would get hit in places where you wouldn't see the marks. You know, um, wasn't allowed to eat, wasn't allowed to even use the bathroom. Sometimes it was, it was, it was awful. It was <laughs> awful is an understatement. Um, felt like like human property more than more than a son. If the were <laughs> almost the worst part was. But at the same time, a saving grace was I was adopted. So I knew that they weren't my biological parents. So that was always kind of like a saving grace for me yeah, I, in, my, in my head. Hope, like, right. Like, I don't know these fuckers. They just right. hate me. Yeah. Oh, oh, pardon me. <laughs> no, whatever, but, um, but so I, I moved out of there when I was with the help of some friends and um, my godmother, my best friend's mom um, in high school. Um, my best friend. And then her mom was a, was a teacher at the school, at the high school. And with their help, I was able to move out into a, another, into a, a male friend's house because I didn't move in with them right away because they're all females and I don't know if that'd be whatever. Right. If we're a teacher at the school, if that's appropriate, you know, even if she's yeah. my godmother, you know. Um, and that, that male friend, his dad was the one who got me into jiu-jitsu. Um, and then and I ended up coming here while I was living there. And then I ended up, well, after I graduated, moving from that male friend's house into my, my godmother's house who was... Now I just call her mom because she's the only mother I ever had. You know, she's not my biological mother. She's not my adopted mother, but she's she's my mother. And you know, I was here to on my sisters, and that's that's my family. Um, and if I'm sure you've seen her at Vice, you've seen her yeah, at the gym for before. Sure. Yeah, she's 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 that's lovely. That's why I was like, she's having awesome. a hard time like imagining yeah, that you, person being abused. Right? You know what I mean, it's so, not. Like, that's oh, why she's I had not. The question, you know, she's exact. She's I'm the sure exact that. opposite. She is the smartest, kindest, most amazing person I've ever met. She seems like it too. She is. She is awesome. I just want to clear up the confusion when you see Tony. With no, family. yeah, because like I knew there yeah. had to be like that there couldn't be your those family those three about. women, those three, my two sisters. They're both about my age. You no know, one's a couple months younger than me. One's a couple years younger than me. Um, those three women have saved my life on more than one occasion. It's awesome, know, mentally and physically. So, um, and they're they are the best, the best. So I see why you and Corey bonded. Yeah. You, you definitely can see it too. There's like a, almost like a father too. Mm. That's how I feel about my crew, crew Mark too. Like Muay Thai has a similar experience in my life too. You know, it's helped me through a lot of difficult times. Yeah. Crew Mark was always there for me. Just like Corey's always there for you. And it's I always, feel like a kinship always been you guys, there for me. You know, you know um, I like a lot of people. I like a lot of people, but the, the people who I really, at the end of the day, like who, just because I have a lot of, a lot of friends and i know a lot of people like who really has my back no matter what like if shit went bad and i like look like i was the worst person on the planet who was still on my back and i know that's always my mom my sisters and Corey for a fact plus some of my teammates sean and i know for a fact some people no matter what but always have my back um and i've been blessed these last couple years to find them so and with muay thai it's been it's been a lot of a lot of out of therapy through that too so that's the, awesome the wow. art the physical side of it the the yeah that's the respectful sacred side of it so that's because for years that became like my addiction to my religion you know <laughs> that was like i was glad to, to have something where i could finally really invest myself without guilt or without a, a fear of whatever being a, it being a taken away from me now at the time so i found this and then i obviously found Corey, and he he put more, he's probably invested more into me than I have into myself, you know, especially in the beginning. So. And it takes someone like that to get you to where you are. Yeah, too. of it course. It really does. 
of coaching course. is so important. You're going to do it to someone else, too, man. You're going to pass it along. I'm sure that happened similar story in Corey's life, too. You can tell something was rough in his upbringing, too. Just the way he acts and how nice he is. Like, all these guys that are super tough and super friendly, they have something in their past that makes them like that. Most people don't get very good at Muay Thai and be very <laughs> unless there's some traumatic experience in their life, and that's the truth. The... Uh Sometimes it's rough where you have to, like, go through some real, real deep pits of hell to be able to to appreciate them and be able to, to help people. You know, some people just really can't, can't appreciate um, or can't, can't see the way out of the darkness. But you already being there, being able to come out of it can, can help guide somebody. And I've, I've already found that here a couple of times. And it's, it's, it sucks, you know, having, having that as my... You know, my first 17 years of my life were absolute shit, were absolute terrible. I had to reprogram the way I think and the way I act and the way I'm not in survival mode all the time. And I can actually, you know, slow down and engage and enjoy myself and enjoy my family and not just fucking be go, go, go all the time. But um, it, it's, it's uh, sometimes I, I think I wouldn't change the direction I came in going through all that for dude over almost two decades for like 15 16 17 years somewhere in there i don't know the exact number obviously when it started but it was when i was young young before i was even in kindergarten uh the abuse started so for years and years and years that's what i went through every single every single day i hated you know weekends and time off from school because school was my escape you know but there are so many times where i know i'm pretty confident where you know god gave me this this life for a reason didn't do it for nothing. I, we, he, he helped me through all that, so I'm at a place now where I'm, where I'm so much stronger, and I can help other people through it. And honestly, I some people don't like when I say this, but I'm I'm confident enough to say that I wouldn't change what I went through. Granted, I think I would do it differently if I had the knowledge <laughs> now. I could get out of that shit a lot sooner, but um, I wouldn't change the direct, what happened in my life because of the people that I have in it now and the capacity I have those people in now is is i know that i know they're real and i know they care about me and they're not you know two-faced they're not just saying one thing like i like i grew up with you know um and this knowledge i have in this innate ability to help people is and, and appreciate where they're coming from you know is to be relatable and, and to maybe i haven't been in the exact same situation you are but i I can understand the the emotional pain or toll, whatever that you that you're going through. That's something that it came at a heavy cost, but um, now I've kind of like paid that price, and I'm still working on on fixing myself, so to speak. But um, it's I don't mind because now I now I I can take all these that pain and lessons, and I can use them to to inspire, and I can use them to help, and that's. That's not, at the end of the day, man. That's what that's what a coach does. That's what a coach is supposed to do. That's what a teacher is supposed to do. So it's, it's not a coincidence um, that I, I teach and I and I, I'm a teacher during the day and a coach at night because that genuinely is what Keep I what back. I love to do. Yeah, you know? is that what you and your uh, psychologist mom talk about a lot? <laughs> <laughs> I guess it worked out to be really good. Yeah, we actually awesome. did a little bit recently. Um, so you know, 
talking about what do, what do you want to do with your life? So I'm taking the time out of grad school before I before I finish. He's like, what do you want to do with your life? You no, know, just don't just go to school to go to school. And I'm like, you know, I love coaching, I love teaching, but I don't want to be a teacher. You said I want to fight, I want to do all these other things. So and I was figuring out. But it, two things that I know I love to do is 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 coach and teach, and then fight. Teaching you make and fighting. a powerful teacher, man. You're gonna be good at whatever you do. You have a lot of empathy that's gonna come out of you. I can feel it even when you're kneeing me in the liver. <laughs> <laughs> this is for you, only because I love you. <laughs> yeah. I love it, man. Thank you for your time, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been a long time coming. Yeah. Maybe uh, after I come back, we'll we'll do it again. Yeah, definitely for sure. We'll talk sure. all about your experience, man. Yeah, and then we'll start fundraising for the next one. Yeah, <laughs> so we gotta keep you going out there, man. Yeah, it's very the, uh, healthy for you. The goal is to come back fight in the national tournaments in november it's unfortunate because there's two right right back to backs and i don't think i'll be able to do the the weight for both two cuts for both tournaments but fight on at least one national tournament i think the usmta one is what i'm going to do mm-hmm. win that tournament fight at the international level that's my goal for this year after i've got a national and international title then transition mma so then I'm from there i can go pro huh? then from yeah, there then from MMA there first. go pro yeah Cause you don't want to turn pro and have to do pro MMA, do nah. pro level grappling. Yeah, that's exactly it. I need to work on my jits. It's been a minute. <laughs> sure, it's tough. Look at your ear, man. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> so, tentative, tentative plan for now, and it's a uh, long, long term, long short term plan. We'll say, you know, next couple of months. But um, I'm beyond excited, beyond blessed to be, to be in the position I am right now. Awesome, man. Thank you for your time. Yes. Thank you guys for listening to this. Make sure you click like and subscribe. Check out Integrity Martial Arts on Sundays. Check out the True Mrs. Caveman on Instagram and get some nice knitted bags or whatever else you need that's knitted. And uh, we're out here. Thanks. We did this one at the gym, so it's pretty late. And they're about to shut the lights off on us. We got to go take our picture. No, they are. (laughs) We're out of here.